The video arcade is down the street. Here we just sell small rectangular objects. They're called books. They require a little effort on your part and make no beep, 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 beeps. On your way, please. I know books. I have 186 of them at home. Ah, comic books. No, I've read Treasure Island, The Last of the Mohicans, Wizard of Oz, Lord of the Rings, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Tarzan. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's that book about? Oh, this is something special. In a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries, one group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films. Pat Cantagallo. Jeff Mazuka, Dennis Matouche. John Reed. Bo Wormbold. Each week, they feature one movie that reminds us why we fell in love with these films in the first place. This year, we travel back in time to 1984 and 85. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Thank you for joining us once again on the 30-something movie podcast, where if you haven't left by now, you're a saint. Um, Our next movie up is going to be The Never-Ending Story. It came out July 20th, so we are almost to the day. July 20th, 1984. We're recording this on July 21st. Um, It was rated PG. It had a budget of $27 million, uh, which would have originally been in Deutschmarks because it was made in Germany. Uh, Box office was $100 million. Rotten Tomatoes gives it an 81% critic score and an 81% audience score. The director was Wolfgang Peterson, who also did the movie Enemy Mine, which we will be talking about as well on our podcast, uh, Das Boot, Air Force One, and a whole bunch of others. The music, the orchestral music, was by Klaus Doldinger. Doldinger? I don't know. Um, however you say that. And yeah, Klaus, the, if you're listening, we, uh, we Klaus, apologize. We, we apologize, <laughs> Klaus. We love you and your music. Uh, the song, which will get stuck in your head if you listen to it, um, by Limal, and isn't that like, wasn't it like Hamill, but he just rearranged the letters? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the lead singer of Kajigugu. It is based on the novel The NeverEnding Story by Michael Ande, uh, starring Noah Hathaway as Atreyu, Barrett Oliver as Bastion, Gerald McRaney as Bastion's loving father, uh, Thomas Hill as Carl Coriander, the bookstore owner, who incidentally played Uncle Owen in NPR's Star Wars radio drama, uh, Tammy Stronach as the childlike empress, Patricia Hayes as Urgle, who also played the empress, not the empress, the sorceress Finn Rizel in Willow. 
Um, this movie is based on the first half of Ende's book, which I think we'll talk about a little bit because I think, Jeff, you've read the book? I have. You have read the book. Okay. So we will talk about that a little bit. Um, but the movie is the story of um, Bastion dealing with his, in the midst of dealing with his mother's death, um, he steals a book from a bookstore and is consumed nearly literally by the fantasy story. In the story itself, the young warrior Atreyu must go on a quest to find a cure for the dying childlike empress and save Fantasia from a storm called the Nothing that has been erasing the fantasy world. I should also point out real quick for this episode that um, Jason, if you notice Jason's name was not on the beginning of the uh, podcast, he is taking a little bit of a break from the podcast. He has been on vacation for a while, um, and then we've all got school starting up. We're all teachers, so we've all got school starting up. Um, here in just a couple weeks or so, a few weeks. So uh, he is going to take a little bit of a break from the podcast, but we're looking forward to when he gets back and we can get him back on the show. Um, And then you will also notice that in this episode, Dennis disappears halfway through and Bo shows up halfway through. So that was just our recording schedule and how it worked out. Or it's, as you all suspected all along, Dennis and Bo are the same person. So without further ado, on with the show. I actually love this movie. I remember as a kid, I couldn't wait to show it to my kids. It's like one of the first, I think, DVDs from the library that you end up renting. And and uh, and, and looking back at it, yeah, special effects and again, but just the nostalgia, I think, of that movie. And I think it's got this sweet kind of imagination, you know, just to the whole thing. So I, it reminded me a little bit of um, like some of the Jim Henson movies, Dark Crystal, like in some of the some ways like that, but... Um, I just I just like the story, and I think you, nowadays too, when you when you hear you know that opening line with the guy with the beep beep beeps, I'm like how almost prophetic yeah. it, it yeah. is back then of what of how things are now, you know, where you got to do a little work on your part with the book, you know, and these things that go this beep 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 and all that, and, and then how he tempts the kid, and you know he was going to pick up the book, and I think it's just I, I think it was I love the movie, and my kids loved it, um, and I love I love the song, I'll admit. <laughs> Catchy too. I have to sing it, and I did also think that it was originally a woman who saw it. I told my entire life. I, I thought it was sung by a woman. I think I told you that that it was because mm-hmm. you didn't believe me. And I, I said, believe it's it's this guy, and I remember seeing the video for it. Um, but yeah, I. I oh, I saw the video. I think yeah. I still think I thought it was a woman. <laughs> yes, yes, you make a case for it, yeah. But I think and if just, you're listening, we apologize. We do apologize. Just kind of even the whole closing thing of he's like, not listening. Yeah, the the whole ending part where it was like. Just, you know, like your imagination and reading is what keeps that world alive type of feel to it. And without that, things die and that whole imagination dies. So I think it's almost just a a great movie for the imagination of childhood and the innocence of childhood and the fantasy. And and the kid was afraid of horses if you listen to the conversation in the beginning with the dad and then all these things that he's doing, you know, that it's happening in the story. And I got to keep my feet on the ground. I got to, you know, it was like all that adult kind of world telling him you've got to do all this and he was able to like live his fantasy and, and do all this stuff in his imagination. I just think it's just a sweet movie. I enjoyed this movie. I remember watching it as a kid. I remember being terrified during parts of it when I was a kid. Um, speaking of terrified, Bo's here. Hey! Hey, Bo. Hello, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Good to see you. How you doing? So, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so the movie kind of terrified me a little. There were elements that, that scared me, but um, I'm going to talk briefly about the book that it's based on. Um, so this movie is based on the first half of the book. The second half of the book just gets completely ridiculous. 
as Bastion is now uh, uh, traveling. And the author of the book just sort of gets lost in his own imagination. He just has him going from crazy land to crazy land to crazy land. And just, this is the land of rainbows. And this is the land of crocodile dinosaurs. And this is the land of whatever. Just like, let's just stop creating worlds for Bastion to go to. And let's end this story. Um, and the whole idea of never-ending story is that it's, there's always a story being told. Mm-hmm. Somebody's always always telling the story. Um, I feel like the movie did a better job of presenting that idea than, uh, than the actual novel. So I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Um, you know, I, just, I, I think that, like Dennis said, it just captures all the, the imagination and, and the, the wonder of when you're a kid. And I think watching it now, looking back on it, um, you know, it really presents that idea of, you know, what do these kids that are stuck in an adult world, how do they process? What do they really feel? And, the, and all that pressure, I got, you know, when he shouts, I have to keep my feet on the ground. You know, that idea has been thrown at him and he feels he, that's, that's what he needs to live by. And, you know, by the book, the, the book shopkeeper leaving this book out for him to, to take um, encourages him to, you know, don't be afraid to use your imagination. Don't be afraid to just fly and go with it and, and, and enjoy that moment. Um, so yeah, I enjoy it. I like this movie. Uh, the song, I'm okay with. That's not gonna, not gonna be like Dennis and make it a ringtone, right? Yeah. But, um, but I enjoy it. Yeah. I like this movie. No, I'll once I have kids, I'll show it to them. And, cool. But I'll, if I see it on, or if I'm walking through the library and I see it on the rack, I'll check it out and go from there. Yeah. Cool. I. I did. Well, yeah, no, I'm done. Please okay. go ahead. I saw the movie when I was a kid. You know, I think it was probably sleepover or whatever. I remember that. You had a lot of sleepovers as a yeah, kid. Yeah, man. That's, mom, what, that's where your movie magic tended to happen. Yeah, my, my mom hated that, too. The sleep, you know. But anyways, the, that, the, I love the dragon. It made me think mm-hmm. of a dog. It, it mm-hmm. kind of scared yeah. me. That, that, kind of, like, that freaked me out, but it was like, oh, that's cool. I love the oracles. I love how, like, he. I thought it was cool, like, okay, he has to get through the... The gold ones that like see in your soul and shoot laser beams, and then the blue ones are the real ones. Um, you know, the wolf that was pretty. That was pretty cool. Um, That's the thing that, that scared me. Yeah, the most was that wolf. Yeah. Oh god, as a kid, I was terrified. Of and it. you mentioned special mm-hmm. effects, but I thought though that yeah, hung in there, yeah. right? But yeah. I thought that hung in there real well. You know, the swamp of sadness and all that. Yeah. We don't. No, we don't talk about the swamp of sadness. Yeah, I. I oh, was. Oh, your closest. Give him a hug. What I thought was cool too was the murals. When the he's first? looking at the one mural, then the other mural, and then there's the mural of the wolf. And then it, I remember it as a kid, like the very next scene was there's the real wolf. Yeah. Like I think there was a little bit more of a lag in the movie between those two. But it, I, anyways, I, I I I liked it, and I don't want to say I didn't get it, and I, I don't like to think of myself as not having an imagination. Like watching it again as an adult, but um, you don't. That's okay. But I have no imagination. I can't. You know. And watching it again, like, that was the thing that stood out as the guy, oh, yeah, you know what this is? This is a book. You probably don't know it because and he rips on the electronics. Oh, they were doing that back 30 years ago. Okay. And the idea of having an imagination 
And again, you know, you see the scene with the dad, and I'm just shaking my head, man, this guy's a crap dad. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was, and so that was kind of like, you just feel sorry for the kid already. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he was, but then I was like caught, and maybe, maybe I'm trying to be too literal, like in Spaceballs with the comb, but I'm like, now I'm watching this as an adult, and I'm still confused, and I'm like, well, wait a minute now. So, was the book real, or was it just, like, talking about his imagination, and if we don't read, then the story dies? Okay, so maybe we, if we don't read, the story dies. But, wait a minute, no. Maybe it's real. Wait, did the dragon really happen? How did he just appear on the dragon? The bullies at the end. And for, like, the last 30 years, I've wanted to believe that the dragon really went after the bullies. And that was, like, that's my favorite scene in the movie, and that's what I was waiting for. Is I wanted to whoop them, you know? But then I was like, well... Maybe he's just imagining it, and then it's kind of like, well, that stinks. I want it. You want it to happen? Yeah. Well, then it I, I, Why don't you get up in the morning? Yeah. Then it I, happened, Pat. Then it happened, and that's okay. Yeah. I, and I, it's like, that. I don't know why that kind of bugged me with this movie. Now, why, don't I, you, why don't you do what you dream, Pat? Yeah. Yeah, I guess You're I... You're stuck between your feet on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess I'm stuck with that. And, but, and then I was thought, and here's the other thing. If you, wanna, if you want to give me a new name, you could just... Give me a new name and let's go. Yeah, and it was just like, okay, her name's Michelle. Bam, done, finished. Ron I mean, the kid's like, I just, you know, I don't know if you get a new name, you're Rumpelstiltskin. It's just round 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 short round. <laughs> All right. I, Indeed. <laughs> Fortune and glory. I, I don't I have a problem. Like, and here's the thing is, I was struck with the, okay, it was the extremes. Like, and all I could think back was with, in Harry Potter, okay, here's another fantasy world, okay. Here's Harry Potter, the scene where Dumbledore tells him, okay, it's okay to dream, but not, don't forget to live. And that's where I was left with was, okay, they were encouraging him dreaming, and then the dad was like, well, it's good talk, son. And it was like, well, that guy's a loser. And then at the very end, it was like, I, I was, that was the only thing. And it was a great movie. I don't want everyone to come beat me up because I don't like, because I do. I like the never-ending story, but I was just like, so where do we... Your kids yet? Yeah, no. No, not yet. Um... And maybe that's maybe that's the problem is I'm overanalyzing it as an adult now because I have no problems dreaming. But then it's like, what are you gonna dream of? Dream of a big dragon and eat the bad guys? Beat beat up the bullies? I'm cool with that. But did it happen? Or is he just dreaming? And then it's just like, well, dude, what's the point? You can have the dream, but what? How does that impact your life? Right? Have the dream, find a big dragon, eat the bullies. I I just that was the thing. And I know it sounds a little zany, but that's kind of where my thoughts were going. And I'm just like. And then I couldn't let it go. I was just like, I don't know. Is Brian Van available for the next? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Patrick, I think, I, I think you need to take a some, moment and just some professional take some help. deep breaths. Yeah. And then, it's going to be okay. And then when you were Welcome talking to about the 30 something the, podcast where we bring you all your psychological help. <laughs> yeah. Well, you didn't sleep through it. I don't, no, I didn't. And then I was, and I, and I watched this one two or three times because I got it from the library. But and it still was, doesn't get it. Yeah. And, 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 did it happen or not? <laughs> Michelle. And then you were talking about the book, and then I was just like, oh, maybe I should read, maybe the book I like more. And then you're talking about there's more disparate like, lands, and I'm like, I'm going to explain it all. <laughs> you know, Is there a cliff note version? <laughs> and, and I guess, and then I'm like, well, the movie Inception, you're always like, did the top stop spinning or did it keep spinning? Like, where do well, we go from there? there? I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Did the tiger oh, stop spinning? Yeah, yeah, good luck with that. Did what? Did the tiger stop spinning in Lack of Pie? <laughs> I, I, yeah. I'm sure. they, already, they haven't seen it yet. I haven't I seen, seen it either. either. I, haven't yeah. Yeah. I know, there's a tiger. But the tiger eats the bullies. Did the tiger? I don't know. But did he eat the bullies? I don't know. <laughs> I want him to eat the bullies. And was he ever really there? 
Yeah. And so anyways, I'll stop because now I'm just being kind of silly about the whole thing. But that's what, not that I didn't like it. So maybe I really liked it because it's making me think. But I love to read and I struggle with electronic devices. So I'm like, okay, I fit in with that category. But that was the one piece of the movie I just was like, man, I'm... You know? Is Vader really Luke's father? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, cave on Dagobah. Did he really chop his head off? Or? And then why was the horse back? I mean, all that scene, I cried. That was the other thing. It's just because, like, I because, of the, because of the end of Okay, we're, <laughs> we're, not, not, we're not even talking about the Swamp of Sadness. Okay. We're not, no. We don't, unless, I don't have any Kleenex in here, so we don't talk about it. Yeah. So, at the end, to help explain this to Pat, at the end, remember when she, when he gives her her new name? Yeah. And she has the one little grain of sand, and that's all that's left of Fantasia. She gives it to him and says, okay, this is all that's left, and I'm giving it to you so that you, from your imagination, can rebuild it. And he kind of, I don't remember if he says it exactly, but he says something like to the effect of, well, I can, I can do anything I want. I can bring it all back. I can, I don't know that he says that. Exactly, but so then when Artax shows up and Atreyu is back and everybody's there, because otherwise everything was wiped out. Yeah. So is it like when the Matrix resets? Yeah. Like bam? Yeah. Okay. But it's all based off of now everything is back, but it's all back based off of his imagination. So he, with his imagination, has rebuilt It's like wishing Fantasia. for unlimited wishes. Well, she tells him he has unlimited wishes. Mm-hmm. And his first one is the she Falcon. Doesn't even says, genie from Aladdin. No. See, and it even says like, as okay. he does that he's had many more adventures and many more wishes. Mm-hmm. But that is another story. Yeah, which that's another story. Yeah. And that one didn't do as well. No, it did not. Yeah. Okay, so I guess I mean maybe it's like in Spaceballs when they all have the combs. I'm just being too literal. And I liked the movie. It was great and all these scenes. But that was just like Atreyu was the main character, then he's just galloping off and whatever happened to him and the horse is back. And I anyways. So that makes sense now. That explanation helps. All right. I'll go watch it again and fit that. Why don't you I'm, go I'm glad take some deep breaths? Just what? I just have one question. Come back two hours. I still don't get it. Did the, did the dragon, ex- I mean, did he really chase the bullets? That's the only piece I want to know. Seriously. Um, he wants to know what happened to those bullies, man. He started a club with Tyler Durden. <laughs> yeah. They went to the so, we, but, we can't talk about it, though. Okay. We don't talk about it. So we don't know if that happened or not. Like, I believe it happened. Okay. Mm-hmm. What you want, I believe it too. What you want to believe is what you want the reality. Is, is that what it is? You really want to believe it? I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> that is so sad. Yeah, I know. I just. No, I'm going to start crying. It's nothing to do with you. Is your body really too? My I want to believe. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> Yeah, so anyways, that was my experience with the movie. It, I, so I guess it worked, because it was just like, it, it made it think. It certainly made you go down some rabbit holes. There's yeah, I did, and I don't know where it came up. I kind of popped up, and it was like, oh. All right, well, I have actually, my kids have watched this, because uh, like Dennis said, this is one that I said, you know, as soon as my kids are old enough, and I don't think they'll be totally terrified by the whole thing, we're watching this movie. It's and terrified by parts of it. Just a few parts. That's fine. But a little fear is healthy, you see. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so we've actually they've saw they've seen this twice now. So they, we saw it maybe about a year ago, and then we watched it again just a few days ago. And they love this. I mean, they absolutely love this movie. It's one of their favorite movies. And I don't have the heart to show them Never Ending Story two or three because then I'll crush their whole childhood. Don't ever do it. I didn't know there was a three. I'm yeah, there's that right now. There's so. a three, and there shouldn't have been a two. So well, no, there um, shouldn't have been a two. Two has a zero percent score on Rotten Tomatoes. So I didn't know you could get a zero percent, but 
<laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's depressing. Um, <clears throat> you kind of wish two would have sunk into the swamp of sadness. <laughs> oh, I thought and, we didn't speak and of died. As, well, we don't speak of it. We don't. Um, because even as adult, I still cry when our tax goes into the swamp. That's it's, a it's a very poignant, very sad moment. I mean, I remember I mean, it's supposed kid, to I don't, be, but I mean, it's supposed you know. to be. And I, I mean, I think that when I rewatched it a few years ago, it was, and that was probably the first time since I was a kid. Even rewatching it a few years ago, before watching it with my kids. I was watching that scene, and as an adult, again, I was like, I remember how this affected me as a kid. Like, this really, of any other scene, I think, in the whole movie, that scene where Artax is sinking into the swamp, I mean, I was probably screaming along with the TV just as much as, like, everybody in the room here is like, <laughs> like wiping their eyes now. <laughs> Art- it's allergies. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's allergies. It's, mm. um, <clears throat> the room's dry. That's right. Um... But no, I mean, I, I almost had the same reaction I did as a kid, and I, you know, I teared up a little bit in watching this and watching the horse sink into the swamp and Atreyu's whole reaction to it, and, you know, I had the same as an adult, and even my kids, too. I mean, I think Nora, maybe a little bit more so than John. But. So do you think that would be, and my interpretation of that is Bastion acknowledging his own sadness? Mm-hmm. His own recognizing and acknowledging and starting to process and accept that he has his own sadness in his life. Oh, yeah. And sometimes sure. that sadness takes control. Yeah. And sometimes that sadness wins. Yeah. I That's cool. I, I never thought, I remember just thinking, what, is a, what does a horse have to be sad about? <laughs> I mean, right. I remember crying and just being like, why is this horse so sad? Like, why all of a sudden is this horse sad? Right. Patrick said, why am I crying? I don't get it. <laughs> no, I mean... But I don't even understand this movie. Why am I so sad? <laughs> well, and yeah, so I didn't mean to steal your thing, but no, yeah, no. I mean, it was a sad scene. I remember like, why is the horse sad? Like, what? Because it knows there's another 9,820 miles. <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> maybe because it's rocket. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> you keep going if you want. I'm done. But I think it just it depicts the connectedness between Bastion's world yeah. okay. and the control that he has over the story that, that he's reading. And he's, he's learning... He made Artax sad. Yeah, well... I but mean, his sadness... That was his sadness. His sadness. Because is that the second... Because that's relatively early... Because right after that is when... Is it right after that? I thought it was right before that when he screams and he goes... When he's, there's the turtle... The turtle was after. So the turtle, turtle is after, after Artax is done. So is Artax the first time they really show him influencing the story? Yes. That might be. And then he screams when he sees um, the turtle, and I forget the turtle's name. Uh, the, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a question. And, and I mean, all joking. No, all, all joking aside. I mean, this that I meant, you know. But my question is, I guess I'm reacting still like I was Morla. when I was a kid. More like. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, 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 yeah. The, the I'm reacting like I was with a kid where, I mean, even though kids have the big imagination, kids are very literal. You, you know, mm-hmm. and, the, and, and abstract thinking comes later. So I haven't shown my kids yet, and you're talking about your kids' reaction. And what you said, what Jeff said about, well, that's, um, that is um, the kid's... Bastion. Bastion's mm-hmm. sadness is represented in the horse. Mm-hmm. I, I mean... I didn't think of that as a kid, and so and, and maybe, he probably wouldn't. Yeah, and so exactly. so is the movie there to? And I mean, as an honest question, is the movie there to provide it as a chance for parents to talk about sadness with their kids and then it explain could. that that could be because otherwise, or am I just or taking just, are kids just 
watching it and acknowledging, wow, things get sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think you, the, the author, I'm sure he had a purpose when he wrote it. You'll have to tell me how accurate that scene is in the book. I don't remember. It's been, been a while since I mean, I, yeah, I was just saying, it's been, been a while. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, to the point where I don't know if I finished it, because as you reminded me, the... Just one It was a never-ending story. Yeah. yeah, Gulliver's Travels on something. <laughs> Although it was really cool the way it was written, because the scenes in Fantasia were, in the version that I had, were mm-hmm. printed in, I think, like, red ink. Okay. And the scenes in Bastion's oh. Reality were printed in green ink. That's fun. So as you're reading, you could discern between the two different worlds. It has things that remind you of like the Dark Crystal and mm-hmm. some of these other movies, and and I still years later rewatching some of those movies, I still love all of those movies. Absolutely love those movies. Um, I don't think it's something where you have to. Actually, I have a um, article from off the internet right in front of me. Um, some people I've heard say you have to be a kid to really like these movies, and I don't think that's true. There's this article, and I won't mention the author's name by name, but um, it's called Nine Reasons Why Adults Should Never Watch the Neverending Story. Uh, remember that movie you absolutely loved as a kid? Don't watch it again. And this person goes through, and they have nine criticisms of the movie that I went through, and I said, nope, you're wrong. Um, number one, they say it's really slow. It's a slow movie. It does develop slow. It, I mean, um, it, it has like the beginning that of it. Beginning that beginning scene in reality. Well, I, th- I call it reality. Is I think the setup a little is painful. Slow. Yeah, the the setup is slow. Which was a Once theme. Once the book, which though. was a theme in these movies. Um, Return to Oz took forever to get going. Criticism number two: Many characters' voices do not match their lips, and it's really distracting. Well, as a kid, I didn't think so, and as adult, I don't care. Who doesn't I, love the Rock Eater? Well, I, I know that the movie but the I movie was made in Germany, the and there was some redubbing. Some the, yeah. There was redubbing going on, and because of knowing accents and stuff. knowing that, I'm like, that's fine. It was redubbed in English or redubbed so their accents wouldn't be there. This person's nitpicking. Whatever. I know all They're this wrong. is going There, Atreyu screams most of his lines. I don't care. He's a kid on a quest. Falcor the Luck Dragon is shockingly creepy. No. No, he's awesome. I don't know. He eats bullies. Right. I, Maybe. He might We're not sure. <laughs> it was awesome. Maybe. It was awesome. I want it to be awesome. <laughs> number five, it, criticism number five is it is unrelentingly depressing. And they show pictures of the scene from the Swamp of Sadness. I don't think that the entire movie, I mean, that scene is kind of depressing. Mm-hmm. But to say that the whole movie is unrelentingly depressing. Well, I don't think so. There's a lot of loss, but I wouldn't say unrelenting. Yeah. Especially because he gets it all back, right? Well, Isn't and, that what you're saying? And like, again, met- yeah. metaphorically, it's it's this kid going on his quest to become a man, to grow up, to start dealing with an adult world. That's a tough task for anyone to take on. So right. it's not going to be luck dragons eating bullies all the time. Right. Or not. We're not sure yet. Um. So yeah, I mean, part it, it's gonna, don't don't it's, make Pat nervous. He hasn't been on that quest yet. <laughs> it's gonna be a, it, it's gonna be a rough ride mm-hmm. to uh, you know to start facing the realities of adulthood. Yeah. So yeah, I don't relentlessly depressing. I don't think so. Yeah. There are moments that you're just like, oh, this is, this is making me sad. This is kind of tough. I don't right. like this. But again, such is life. And and the last few, I'll just lump them together. The last few criticisms that he has is the the nothing is 
dumb because it's just a storm. Um, the final confrontation between Atreyu and Gamorg is super lame, uh, which I didn't think so. Um, the, I know. The climactic revelation is even lamer that he just has to yell a name and that's it. Um, and then number nine, the title song will be stuck in your head for days and days and days. That one I agree with, but the other ones. That's just someone on a rant. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm kind of channeling the Spinal Tap, you know, review okay. here. But let's, that's just nitpicking. That's just nip- yeah. It just that just sounds like some dude on a rant. Now I will I will admit that I never, growing up as a kid, and even still, they don't put it in on closed captioning. When I when I watch the end of this movie and he has to yell the name at the end as a yeah. kid. As a kid, I mean, we didn't have IMDb or Wikipedia as a kid, so I couldn't. I'm like, what's he yelling? I have no idea what he's yelling. Yeah, really bad sound editing. Well, it's his yeah. mom's name. Well, I know, but they never say his mom's name through the rest of the movie. Well, yeah, but does it really matter what the name is? Well, it's like he's up the window yelling. I'd like to know what the new name is. Eh, I don't know. It's yeah. his mom's name. So, but I mean, now that I know that, I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. And knowing now that that was his mom's name and she had a name like Moonchild, I don't know if you were the one that, um, if you and I had talked about this before, but that. You know, for her mom's name, for his mom's name to be Moonchild, well, then his mom's kind of a hippie, and so then very much a hippie. Then, that's then, her name. well, you're not kind of a hippie. So then go back to look at his dad, like very straight laced businessman. Dad was married to Moonchild, and this was their but did son. Moon, did and, Moonchild's death somehow affect or affect hippie dad? Well, that's he, right. Or then he had to become a he's even more, more stern and more straight and. Business-minded, brass-tax-minded kind of guy, right. and we're also assuming. I mean, I, I guess I always just took it to be it, it was his mom's name, and I didn't really think much more about it. But maybe it wasn't her name. Name could have been a nickname. They or a name that she called him. Right. I mean, it, he, yeah. If so, you something between the two of them. Well, do we have any other thoughts on the narrating story? Bo hasn't shared his. Oh, so uh, that's true. Most of most of what I've I I didn't even see you there. <laughs> Yeah, right. Welcome. I'm as big as the rock eater, and I make as much noise when I move through the forest. And you've got big, big, strong strong hands. Well, they look like big, strong hands. I love this movie, and it's. I wish I'd caught um, what Dennis had to say because uh, someone with his view towards scripts and character character archetypes. There's a ton of them in here. You know, that Rock Eater character shows up more and more in this style. I mean, there was a Rock character in, in uh, Return to Oz who almost had the exact same vocal inflections. I'm like, yeah. wait, is there a stock Rock character? Yeah. They all yeah. pick him up by the central casting and say, here, do it. of the Rock. Um, but I just, it's one of those movies that the second you see that, you know, that you just picture everything. You, you remember the turtle. You remember the wolf. You remember the Rock Eater. I really thought the Rock Eater had a lot more screen time than he did when I watched it this time. I was like, wait a minute. Already? He's really funny, too. Oh, he's hysterical. Like, talking about the different kind of rocks. He's picking oh, up oh, this oh, is the limestone. 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 Oh, yes. He's got that cool bicycle thing that he rides on. Yeah. Motorcycle, whatever, just rolls on through. Mm-hmm. And this may maybe be... Maybe not, we're I, not sure. I was trying to get a hold of my mom this week to see if I could confirm this, but this may be one of the first movies... That I actually saw at an age that I would remember the movie, yeah. and the the dude who rides the bat, whose name I'm forgetting right now, Bat Rider. Um, well, no, the uh, the Night Hob. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He his little is he on the case? Yeah. 
that little moment, like, that's one of those things that in my family was like a thing. If someone was being weird, we'd just look at him and go, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he in that case? case? Yeah. Well, that was, was that was my sister. Like, my sister, the um, uh, when he gets to the, where he's trying to get to the Southern Oracle, and he gets to the little little elves, little scientists, the Inguuk and Urgle. Yeah. My sister, all the time, if something is, if she, you know, says she's good at something, she's, it's my speciality. That's cool. Yes. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, the nutcase thing will still, it'll still come up in random conversations for no apparent reason and half the people in the room look at you like you're nuts and the rest of you yeah, know yeah, what it is. Yeah. It's, just, it's just a great movie. It's always been been a fun one for me and I, they definitely ruined it for me when they made two. But that's okay. <laughs> can move on. Yeah. No, I love this movie. Yeah. But that's good. We can... Move on to the next. No, 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 no. What I, I meant guess. was we can move on past two. I didn't oh, even no, cut no, no. no, I'm okay. Really, just sitting here. You guys have said yeah. So we've had enough of you. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to get back to. I was, I've had enough of me too. It's no, fine. I, I apologize. When you were saying, no, 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 I, I, I wish they hadn't made yeah. a second, oh but and that's why I just so. said, well, we can move on from the second and third. No, I, you guys, you guys hit on all of it. This movie, it's it feels like. Is this a movie that we all? Is this the first one we all seen before? So I feel like every time we see... Oh, no, I think we'd all seen Spinal Tap. I didn't see Spinal Tap when I was younger. Oh, okay, no. I, I, Spinal I, Tap was the first. Is this the first one we had all seen as at a kids. young age? Because there always seemed to be one of us who... We will have to go back and check all the podcasts, which could be found where, John? At uh, the 30podcast.podbean.com or on iTunes. Everyone, let's uh, make sure we do that today. Do we have a, do we have a plug bell? Um, let me just let me also point out that the voice of uh, Falcor. So we're talking about the Rockbiter and Falcor yeah, yeah, yeah. and the Gamork. They all had the same voice, and they were all voiced by Alan Oppenheimer. Well, the same voice actor. Who, well, same voice actor, right? Um, the same voice actor, Alan Oppenheimer, and he is in a ridiculous amount of stuff. And has um, some Transformers on there. He was he was Man at Arms, Cringer, and Skeletor from He Man. Uh, he was. What else was he? he this guy was, like, is my childhood. As mm-hmm. I'm looking at this, this is kind of insane. He was um, the character Primeval from the Ghostbusters uh, cartoon. Mm-hmm. He was Skeletor again in some of the She-Ra movies. Um, he was several different characters in the Transformers cartoon. Um, my personal favorite. The Brave Star cartoon. Yes, Brave, Brave Star is Brave excellent. Star. Yes. Uh, he was Handlebar in Brave Star. Um, so, I mean, this guy's just done a ton and just even look through, I'm just looking through his IMDb uh, entry and he's just done a ton of stuff, uh, voice acting or otherwise. Um, so, a pretty famous voice. Is he still alive? I think he's still alive. Yeah, he's just really old, but he's still alive. Hey, shout out to him. Hey, thanks nice for listening. Keep hey, it up, man. Keep way it to up. go, Alan. Keep going. Yeah. So, Alan, if you would like to grace us with your uh, voice presence, you could also call us on our number. What number is that, John? That number is 872-35-MOVIE. So give us a call, Alan. Ding. Ding. Shameless plug. All right. Do we have anything else well, to any, say about the anything, never-ending story? I feel like, I feel like we should. Out. I feel like we should keep going with the yeah, never-ending like story. A, this could be like the never-ending never episode. End. I could... Yeah. Patrick, I'm we just, know you could, you could take this how, how many different right. directions. I, you know, and it's funny because... Did this here, podcast really ever happen? Yeah, I know. 
I, I think it did. Well, and it was cool hearing everyone's, you know, just take on it and everything like that. And it's funny, and it may, maybe it's been, like, my dirty little secret, but, like, growing up, I remember everyone talking about the awesomeness of uh, uh, The NeverEnding Story, and I remember seeing it, and I, you know, I just kind of keep it myself, because I was just sitting there, and I, I just say, I, I didn't get that part. And I remember as a kid, like, being confused, and, and needing, as a kid, needing that literal, like, not wanting to and, admit that you didn't get it. Well, because then, you know, you want to fit in. You just want, and I did, and I dug the movie, and now I have no problem saying it. But now I'm like, okay, it's funny, because now I'm going to be thinking, like, okay, what about me is, not that there's something wrong, but why am I reacting in this way to the movie? Like, why can't I just relax and enjoy the story? Maybe that's what I just need to do. But it was uh, a lot of unanswered questions with the movie. Well, and... As an adult, I did have one interesting reaction as I was watching it, and I, and I kind of dismissed it at the time. The more I think about it, if you're watching this movie for the first time, and the first you really hear about the nothing is when the rock eater rolls up. For a split second, I thought, if I didn't know what was coming, I would think that the underlying theme of this movie was going to be something environmental. Because as he's talking about mm -hmm. the lake dries up, and then the rocks are gone, and you're, you're like, oh, where are we headed with this? Now, I knew what was coming, but just that little part of me sort of was like, huh, if I didn't know that, yeah. I might be spooling up for a completely different movie. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. You know, I do have a couple of thoughts I want to end on. One I planned on, one is responding to that list you shared. Mm -hmm. um, so the first thing that I wanted to mention is I read, I think on IMTB, or somewhere I read that uh, during one of the early scenes at the palace, as all the you know, as all the members of the Fantasia people are there. Is this the one where supposedly there are some characters? Yeah, there's they're like Gumby's there. Like Kermit the Frog is uh, there like somewhere. Or? Mickey cool. Mouse is there. C3PO and R2D2. Like you can see okay. there's silhouettes. And I paused the movie. I read that. I'm like, oh, baloney. Mm -hmm. So I went back and I paused the movie. I'm like. I'm like Son of a gun, would you look at that? I didn't see, there were like nine or ten names on the list. Yeah. I didn't find all of them, but I saw most of them. I'm like, like Chewbacca's one of them. <laughs> really? I was like, that's kind of awesome. Right on. Yeah. Um, cool. But the other thing I want to respond to is the criticism that Loudmouth author said that uh, it was lame that the climax is that all he has to do is shout a name. <laughs> I disagree. I think that's what makes the story unique to the person that's reading it. The never-ending story, this book that Bastion is reading, is a tool to help people tell their stories and, and understand their own stories. And you, and you connect through it all throughout. And the fact that now you, the reader, have the sole responsibility of saving this land. You have that power. You have that control. You shout the name that's going to save this world. Well, so then maybe as then maybe it wasn't bad sound editing or sound design for them yeah, to make like, it unclear as to what he said. Yeah, maybe when was, there's the lightning and the thunder. And the, that, maybe that was their choice to say we want this to be a little ambiguous so that. You so know, whoever wrote that article, um, you're wrong. Flat bite, out. bite us. Not literally. Bite us like a like a rock fighter. And wasn't the idea that, that that he had that he had to believe that he could impact the story and he had to make the step and that's why 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's why it was such a point in scene is because he had to believe. Not just shouting out a name. Right. Bam. He, but he connected to it. He had to believe in it, which is what any author wants out of any any piece of fiction they're writing is they want the reader to connect to it and believe in it. I think it's great that, that that's what it, it leads up to and the, and the understanding that a reader can influence the story they're reading based on whatever they're bringing to it. Mm-hmm. So why not have it lead to the, the combination of the, the fantasy world in the book and, and the reality that Bastion is living in clashes together in the storm like thunder and lightning and boom, there it is. Or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it didn't happen. That's just my thought. It's a cool thought. Yeah, I like it. And you're, you're right. It hits that the criticism that that's not a powerful scene. I mean, it was definitely a powerful scene. I think that whole list was mistaken. Yeah. That was just somebody trying to get people to click on their news article and yeah. just try to start a fight. I'm ready for the fight. I will fight with Let's him. call him and bring him on the show. But I'm going to bring Falcor to eat him. Did the... Or not. Oh, that would be cool. Or not. Definitely, not. yeah, he has to. Did... <laughs> that part happened. Was the movie... Okay. The beginning with the dad and the talk... I that, didn't like that. That didn't happen. I didn't like that. That so was much. that was part of the preface of Did the he... story. Didn't happen. But he is he is pretty classic eighties dad though. Yeah, eighties mm-hmm. businessman so. dad. Like yeah. that's the movie dad of the eighties. We had a good talk. Um, hope we'll have more of these in the future. See, I want to grow up with Mr. Mom as dad. Like that's the image I want. Mm-hmm. You know, but so <laughs> that felt. breaking. Did that really happen? No, I um. So. It was keeping his, he has to keep his feet on the ground, but no, just let go. It, so it was the movie, and I was like, okay, I was with you guys, like, maybe I'm being too literal. We go off, and it's, you let your imagination go wild, and that's great, and I'm down with that. But then, before in the conversation, we were saying, and then learn how to become an adult. And maybe that's where, okay, now I'm confused, because I didn't see that piece. Like, or was that not there? Was the idea just like, you're going to become an adult, there's going to be part, you know, like Breakfast Club, you grow up, your heart dies, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Hold on to that part of being a kid. Hold on to that imagination. Was that the theme of the movie? Because I didn't see, I didn't see the bridge between keep that imagination, don't let your feet, don't keep your feet on the ground, you know, and, but that's going to help you become an adult. And maybe I misunderstood the things that were being said, but I didn't see like... Well, I think it, it's more the, the whole keep your feet on the ground is... Bastion's interpretation of this adult world his dad wants him to now live in. Mm-hmm. His, mom, his mom is gone. Mm-hmm. Dad doesn't know how to relate to his son. Dad knows how to be an adult, therefore his son has to be an adult. Keep your feet on the ground at all times. This is how we get through. This is how we go forward. Whereas then he goes and he meets the, the bookshop owner and has a brief conversation yeah. And clearly, the bookshop owner, the, just the way that the movie shot, the bookshop owner um, wants him to take the book. Mm-hmm. He leave, you know, prominently leaves it saying, oh, the phone's ringing, or something. He has to go to the other room. And then after he takes the book, it, the, you see the, the bookkeeper kind of peer through the window, uh, separating the back office and, and where the book was. And he just kind of looks down to where, the, the, where he had left the book and quietly smiles to himself like, that went exactly as he had planned. Yeah. Because the bookshop owner is really a trade you from 
Man, you're, gonna make, you're just messing with me now. You're just messing with me now. <laughs> the bookshop yes, owner is a luck dragon. <laughs> yeah. He's a luck bookshop owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to watch it He's over and over again. And I'm going to have to think. And I'm going to... Maybe. That's cool. That's awkward. It's cool. He was, it, he was the kid reading the story up to this point, and because it's never ending, he got that old. Could be, and now, could be. now he's passed it along to mm-hmm. the next child. Mm-hmm. Man, Hey, I don't care as long as Crap Dad learns how to be a good father, okay? And number two, as long as the bullies get beat up. I mean, I'm fine with any of that as long as... He drinks, he drinks his breakfast like Rocky. With yeah. the egg and the... God, yeah. <laughs> I know. No, thank and, you. And maybe that's it. I was just mad, but I don't know. Anyways, it was a good movie. I was confused as all get out, but it was a cool movie. All right, so well, this week was a good discussion, gentlemen. Yes, it was. Uh, next week is going to the next week could be a questionable discussion as we look at the Black Cauldron. So we'll see. Some people hate it. Some people love it. Some people have never seen it before. We'll find out who you are. See you next time. Thank you again for joining us on the Thirty Something Movie Podcast. We're so glad that so many of you have subscribed, listened to the episodes. Um, and we'd like to hear more from you. We'd like to hear your thoughts, your comments on the movies that we're discussing. Uh, we have already recorded the m- episodes that you're listening to now, um, but some of the upcoming movies that we'd love to get some feedback on uh, are the ones that we're doing for this next month. And those include Brazil, Repo Man, The Terminator, the original from 1984, and Back to the Future. So if you have any thoughts or feedback that you'd like to share with us and have featured on the show, please go ahead and send that in to us. You can do that by tweeting us at 30 podcast. That's at three zero podcast. You can also give us a call on our voicemail line, which is eight, seven, two, three, five movie. That's eight, seven, two, three, five, six, six, eight, four, three. Leave us a message and we'll feature your comments, questions, or feedback on the show. We've also set up a crowdfunding page. It doesn't cost a lot for us to be able to do this podcast, but there are some hosting costs. Uh, so if you enjoy what you're hearing and you'd like to help us out with that, uh, we'd love to have your support there. Um, we love every bit of support that we can get. Um, and by downloading and, and joining us this way, by listening, um, that's awesome. And we thank you all so much. Uh, but if we would like to support us financially, we are at the30podcast.podbean.com and click on the Be My Patron link. Um, that'll take you to the crowdfunding page, and we do have rewards for all levels of support. Um, we're currently considering a maximum support level in which you win a date with Pat. That is also pending his wife's approval. Join us again next week when we will be discussing the Disney masterpiece, The Black Cauldron. And masterpiece depends on who you're talking to, um, because there are a lot of people that do not like that movie and think it's one of the worst Disney cartoons ever made. Uh, so you can join us again next week and find out what we think about it. Thank you again for listening, and until next time...